0: Good evening. Uh, welcome, everyone, uh, to this uh, lecture by Dr. Gong uh It's my pleasure to be able to introduce him. Can you all hear me? Yeah? Yes. Wonderful. Well, uh, Dr. Gongsheyi has been lecturing for the Temenos Academy now for uh, over 10 years coming to London, and um, he gave uh, several lectures, uh, 10 lectures, in fact, in 1995, uh, 17 years ago, um, on Rumi for the Temenos Academy, and um, several lectures on Nizami. 1999, in 2003 he gave a lecture on prophecy and poetry, and last year he gave a lecture Uh, concerning Catherine Raine's poetry and uh, I don't know if you know but um, the Temenos Academy was I I see there are many Iranian faces out there so uh, the Temenos Academy was founded by Catherine Raine and Dr. Gongsheen Catherine Raine who is is you could say the, the greatest mystical female poetess in the English language of the 20th century perhaps at least in this country in English. Um, She and Dr. Gomshi were on very intimate terms and he would always go and visit her when he was over here in England. Um, So they were acquainted for for many years. Anyway, uh, just to introduce uh, Dr. Gomshi, for those of you who do not know his background, he um, studied uh, Arabic literature, philosophy, Uh, Islamic philosophy and theology at Tehran University, and he got his B.A. there in 1961, and in 1965 his Ph.D. in Islamic philosophy and theology. Uh, For a long time he was employed as a uh, translator of a legal text in the Iranian Ministry of Foreign Affairs, and then uh, from 1981 to 1982 he was the director of the National Library of Tehran. He is a very prolific author. Um, his Majmu'e Mabalad, his collected works in Persian, sold something like 30,000 copies within the space of six months. His, his uh, writings and uh, uh, essays are in great demand in Iran. Um, and he's also well-known throughout Iran, and, and uh, lesser so, but in, in increasing, uh, in increasing over the over the years, it's been increasing. He's 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 known also in the West for his lectures on themes to do with Persian literature and uh, Islamic philosophy. It's an interesting thing that uh, throughout Iran, he is uh, known popularly by by everyone and. Um, you cannot go to any of the smallest village in the in the smallest province of the country without uh, hearing the name of Dr. Gomsha'i in a learned conversation uh, when anything to do with literature or Persian poetry comes up. Um, so I've been traveling with him in Iran now for many years, and this uh, I've always witnessed the situation. That it's it's really hard to go for a walk with him in a public square because you're immediately surrounded by a huge crowd of people wanting him to give them a piece of moral advice or spiritual direction or uh, asking, them to, uh, asking him to write a poem for them so that they can have it as a memento. Uh, and this is not only in Iran. We were together at a conference uh, on Rumi in uh, Konya in Turkey just a few months ago, uh, he gave the keynote address to this conference. It was all on Rumi, Molan Jin Rumi, died in 1273, the great Persian poet. And um, after the conference he went to an auditorium which was packed full of people, 1,000, 2,000 people in the auditorium. And he arrived late and came through a back door and somebody turned around and saw it was Dr. Gongshi. And you have to remember this is in Turkey. Not in Iran. And immediately the whole hall stands up and begins clapping. And they demand that he come down to the front row and they evict the, the mayor of Konya from his seat and say, Here, Dr. Gomshir, you sit down here. And the mayor is wondering what's going on, who is this person? And then the commotion was so great that the musicians came out and said, what's going on? We haven't played any music. Why are you clapping? <laughs> and they saw Dr. Gomchie, and so Dr. Gomchie went up on the stage and said hello to the musicians, and finally they could begin their concert. Anyway, um, tonight, Dr. Gomchie is going to be talking to us about the Shahnameh, the great 11th century uh, Book of Kings by Ferdowsi, which is the, what the Iliad and the Odyssey is for Greek uh, uh, history and literature, that this book is for, for the civilization and culture and society of Iran. And um, we are very indebted and, and, and fortunate to have him with us, uh, uh, and uh, I'm very grateful that he can come and, and lecture to the Temeno Society and I'd like to Thank uh, the Feminist Society for inviting him as well as the the Persian uh, Society of the University College London. Please give him a a warm welcome.
1: (laughs) Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm happy to hear the compliments of Dr. Lewison but it doesn't give me any privilege. All the credit goes to Rumi, to Ferdowsi, and Sadi, of whom I'm speaking. So if people love me, they love their own literature, their own great poets, and I'm happy with them that we are all uh, enjoying such a rich heritage of literature and art. Well, <clears throat> I'm also very happy to find myself once again in London <clears throat> at a time when the glorious chariot of April is on the way and Mother Nature is adorning itself herself to Welcome the Bride of Easter. I find myself again in among Temenos friends, as well as a group of lovers of beauty, truth, and the good, which is the slogan of this Temenos Academy. And this candle is a sign of the light of the three graces of beauty, good, and truth. And particularly at this time, and this, in such a company, and in such an auspicious time, when the sun is entering the constellation of Aries, you know, Burja Hamal is entering the constellation of Aries, And uh, it's the beginning of the Vernal Equinox, which coincides with the beginning of Persian calendar. You know, our calendar, day by day, coincides with the signs of Zodiac. The beginning of Farvardin is the beginning of Aries and the start of uh, Vernal Equinox. So... Actually, Shahnameh Ferdosi begins at such a time. And uh, so I want to offer you salutations from Ferdowsi, from a king, in fact, because great people are kings. You have heard the story of the three wise men or the three wise kings. They called them kings because they were really kings. They were princesses. So, Ferdowsi was such a great king that he didn't conquer lands, but he created lands and climes. He created treasures and palaces. He didn't uh, <coughs> usurp the rights of others and to conquer of the ravages of other people's treasuries, but he created treasures. So, I want to offer you gems of wisdom from the treasury of Ferdowsi and cups of wine of beauty and truth from his shahnameh. Shahnameh actually means the book of kings and Ferdowsi himself says Every story, uh, every now and then, I recite one or two lines in Persian, original Persian, so that you get an idea of the sound and music of the Ferdows' poetry. You know, it has a special rhythm all through the Shahnameh, which is 60,000 couplets, 60,000 couplets. It is several times bigger than Odyssey and Iliad together, and one of the major eminent works of epic in the world. He says that uh, the buildings and palaces of kings deteriorate in the course of time by wind and rain, but I have found such a palace that is impervious to rain, to the passage of time. And uh, so I will never die because I have scattered the seed of knowledge, the seed of wisdom. Namiram, as in keman zendam. And then he says that I have opened the door of paradise. Jahan kardam as sokhanshon behesh. I have turned the whole world into a paradise, and you know he has created a paradise. Instead of waiting for the promised paradise, he has created paradise and has called people that you can come to my garden. You can come to my garden. I have everything to serve you. I have good wines. There are three fairies, fair maids, and beautiful the 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 beauties of the good and the three graces there you can find <clears throat> so perdosi uh, uh, has offered us and has invited us to his great feast he is among the five great poets of Persia. You know there are five poets: Sadi, Hafiz, Ferdowsi, Nizami, and Moulana. The beginning of them, the first is, and the most important is Ferdowsi, because um, all the poets after Ferdowsi uh, they had a great poet before them. They, good, they had a good example of. Uh, eloquence, of thought, of uh, creative, imaginative, uh, creative imagination, but no great poet was before Ferdowsi. So all the older poets coming after Ferdowsi have praised him for that. Even um, Sufi poets like Attar and Rumi and Molana and Saadi and all the lyric poets, they have all praised Ferdowsi greatly. Attar says, open your eyes and uh, uh, look into the paradise of Ferdowsi. It's the go- garden, Elysian fields of Ferdowsi. And uh, Nizami says, don <laughs> the uh, <clears throat> poets of ancient time who uh, beautified and the bride of words, the bride of poetry. And uh, Sadi says, Chakushko Ferdowsi how beautifully and how sweetly has expressed Ferdowsi that uh, uh, don't molest even a single ant which is dragging a seed because he has life, and sweet is life. It's very sweet to have life. So, and Rumi is actually an interpreter of the work of Shah Nome, because there is a very close relationship between Sufism and Epic. Because the main theme of Sufism and Epic is the same. And we are going to speak about this main theme of Shah which is the main theme of all Sufi poets, the main theme of uh, uh, holy scriptures in the world, the main theme of Quran, the main theme of Bible. It is uh, a constant clash between man and demon. Who is man and who is demon? Man is, uh, has a divine nature, is in love with uh, magnanimity, with nobility, with dignity, with righteousness, with virtues. He enjoys. Either he has them or at least if he is not, he is not enjoying all the privileges of these qualities, at least he is in love with these things. Even if he does something wrong, he repents quickly and he confesses like Adam, our great-grandfather, when he (coughs) did the first sin and God asked him, why did you do that? He said, well, uh, I, uh, uh, I transgressed the right, and it is I did wrong to myself, so I asked for pardon. But the devil is the opposite. The devil is jealous, is uh, Mr. Bad Man. Generally, he enjoys when people are sorrowful or unhappy, and he is doing his best to make man hopeless and uh, ruin him and uh, send him to hell where he himself is. He wants to people hell, otherwise the hell would be empty. So, there is a constant clash from the very first of Shah the first page actually. You see that the first monarch, because Adam is the first monarch, Adam was a king and the Iranian monarchy which continued until recently uh, started actually with Adam who was Kiyomars Kiyomars was the first Adam he descended on on a mountain and he was the first he was the first uh, man (coughs) and uh, at the Hamal Of exactly when it was the spring. Humars started his uh, life and kingdom. And uh, uh, immediately Ferdowsi speaks of, a, of the devil, of a demon. He says Berashkandarun Berashkandar. Ahriman is another name for demon, another name for Satan, for the devil, for Eblis, for Satan, for the tempter, for the advers- <coughs> adversary who is the enemy against us. Lots and lots of different names because of lots and lots of different qualities that demons have. So immediately after the creation of man, there is an enemy for him. And this enemy, in fact, God has put him so that he would grow and he would uh, be able to acquire virtues and magnanimity and uh, not remain in the low level of uh, of the hell. You know, in Shahnameh, There are, man is either in the hell, or in the purgatory, or in the paradise. According to his relation, according to his relation to the demon. Our relation to the demon is a very important factor in our status in the world. If you are dominated by the demon, the demon is victorious and you are dominated, you are a captive in the hand of the demon, then this is hell. Hell is the time when a demon uh, grasps you in his service. And that time, nobody cares anything for you. The angels uh, do not appreciate you. They don't pay any attention to you because you are a captive of the demon. But the moment... When you start rising against the demon, everybody will understand. Oh, there is a man. He is a man. A man is a person who rises against the demon. And then he comes to the purgatory. When he is in clash with the demon, he is in purgatory. And then when he is completely uh, uh, dominating the demons, then he is in paradise. So there are three places in the world, paradise is when you are dominating the demons, and you will see that Shahnameh has not made three separated departures like the comedy of Dante, divine comedy of Dante, because there you will see first the hell, and first you go to hell, and then you go to purgatory, and then to paradise. But in Shahnameh, every now and then you are here and then you come out and then you go back to hell and then you go back to the purgatory and then it is again the paradise. <coughs> um, for example, Siamak, the son of Kumars, is in clash with the son of the demon. But Siamak doesn't know that he shouldn't go to the demon naked you shouldn't, when it is cold, coldness comes from the devil. Actually, Rumi says, um, in the time when the devil is ruling, it is hard and cold winter. And when it is a spring again, he says the devils go away and the, the, the fairies and the, and the human beings and, and the flowers they all come out. So when it is cold, you shouldn't say, oh, I'll go out, you should cover yourself. So he came to the demon naked and then he was killed. So this is the first teaching of Ferdowsi that and Rumi also in his Fihemofi, in his uh, prose uh, uh, discourses, he says that you shouldn't go to the devil uh, naked. You You should be armed against the devil. You know, in the story of Pilgrim's Progress, uh, the Christian is armed by some good ladies who give him uh, swords and other armors. And then he is fully armed when he uh, encounters with Apollyon, the demon, the great demon. So after that, Hushang, the son of Siamak, I, I want to show you that old Shah Nome is demon man, demon man, man and demon. He is victorious, he is uh, uh, defeated. Then Hushang, Hushang was very intelligent and uh, he says, we hang with you." He was all intelligence and all culture and understanding and wisdom. So he went to the, uh, to the battle with the demon, and then killed the demon. The demon tried to uh, <coughs> uh, raise dust so that people would not see. One of the uh, things that demon does is uh, when he makes the air uh, foggy so that he could not see. You know, the, the ideology of the demons is what Shakespeare and, before him, Fredoxy uh, have expressly and most beautifully declared. Shakespeare says, fair is foul. This is what the demon says, fair is foul and foul is fair hover in the fog and filthy air. And Shakespeare says, Haman zesh zibaw, zibaw zesh. ugliness is beauty and beauty is ugliness. This is what the demon says. Anyone who has a demonic, demonic, or devilish ideology would say that fair, foul is fair, fair is foul. It no make no difference. So do whatever you like. But Shakespeare and Ferdowsi, they both want to show in their work that no, it is not true. Fair is fair, and foul is foul. And uh, it is better to walk and talk in not a foggy air, but in clear. Why, they want, why do the demons want the foggy air? Because they, they don't want that your conscience, when they want to entice you, to tempt you, When um, Lady Macbeth wanted to uh, do the deed, to do that murder, that foul murder, he said, oh, clouds, he is calling to the clouds to come and cover the sky so that no angel would see and say, hold, hold, at the time when he is doing the the murder. So they want to cover their own conscience. Because human conscience as Shakespeare says, has a thousand tongues and with every tongue and has a thousand tongues and uh, tells a thousand stories by each tongue and in each story a thousand times reproaches you. So in order to get relieved when you have done the deed, when you do the deed Something within you would say, Well, Macbeth, uh, me thought I heard the voice cry, sleep no more, because Macbeth has murdered sleep. Something within you is uh, speaking with you. And uh, so, in order to suffocate that voice, to silence that voice, the demons try to uh, create a scrimmage to create uh, an atmosphere in which you cannot see properly. Even if you have eyes, when it is cloudy and it's, when it is dusty, you cannot see clearly. So be clear in, in all cases. So, Hushang defeats the demon. And then his father, the father of Hushang, of course, Hushang does a very important thing uh, in Persian culture. Uh, The discovery of uh, fire is uh, attributed to Hushang. And uh, when can we get the fire? When you are fighting against the demon. Everything has something to do with demon. You can get the fire. When? When Hushang was running after a serpent. Serpent is another form, another symbol of the demon. You have read the story of Nathaniel Wotorn, the man who had a, a serpent in his chest. There is a serpent in, in our chest. So he, when he is running against uh, the, to kill the serpent, he throws a stone. And the stone comes, another stone, and then uh, fire. Um, there is a spark, and then all the uh, jungle is put to fire, and the serpent is killed, and then the fire is discovered. And Jashne Sade, a great festival, festival of hundred hundred days and nights before Nowruz. Actually, we welcome Nowruz. 50 days before Nowruz, by creating some fire and uh, worshipping and adorating fire. Adoration of fire is actually adoration of God. It is not, that it's not true that Iranian people were worshippers of fire. Fire is a symbol, symbol of uh, three things. First of all, it is warm, it means love. And secondly, it has light, it means uh, wisdom and knowledge. And then it is moving upward, it is dancing upward. So it shows you the way. So this uh, holy fire is to be adored, not as God, but as a symbol of divine light. So after Hushang, father, his son, succeeds him, the throne. And then he completely uh, defeats all the demons, and gets the appellation of the uh, band. He is the enchainer of the demons. He is well known as the enchainer of the demons. Tahmurise div band. And why could he do that? Because he purified himself and purified and purified and glossed in his heart until it was uh, shiny like... mirror and then in that mirror the divine light is reflected. The face of you can see the face of angels and the face of all good things in your own heart. So which means the divine light which is in certain faces. Certain faces you see they say he has a light in his face. It is the divine light and uh, We call it farrahi izadi. Actually, this word farhang, which means culture in Persian. We say for culture, we have the word farhang. Uh, This cult in English has something to do with the holiness, something to do with uh, heaven. And farhang also means, uh, hang means uh, uh, decision to go towards the light of God. Farhang means when you decide, make your final decision, that I'm going to the light of God, this is Farhang. So Farhang is going towards beauty, is going towards uh, knowledge, is going towards uh, goodness. So because these are the lights of God. So Adam bought Farhang, a man, a cultured man, who is a cultured man? He is a person, who gives maximum appreciation and value to beauty, truth, and the good, because these are the lights of God. And this is Farhang. farrah izadi means the divine Far. Farhang means the ray of light. And after Tahmuresh, then there is another stage of growth for humanity when Jamshid succeeds the throne of Iran. Jamshid is the most famous uh, king of ancient times and repeated so many times by Omar Khayyam, by Hafez, by Sadi. He is believed to have had a world displaying God, uh, world displaying cup, a world displaying mirror into which he would look and see everything. He could see in, in that same goblet, he could see that Bijan is in the, in the bottom of a well in a dungeon, in a deep dungeon and send Rostam to save him. So, in Persian literature our lyric poets and Sufi poets they say that this goblet actually is in your heart. It is your own heart. Our heart is jam <laughs> Hafez says for years and years, um, I was searching. I was searching for the world displaying goblets. But uh, I didn't know that it was within my own heart. So, the most wonderful thing in the world is this goblet, which is in our heart. And at Tarsis, one of the miracles of this goblet is that you don't see the goblet but you see everything in the goblet. You don't see your heart. You don't see your heart. This is not the, the uh, member, which is the uh, uh, pumping of blood. That's not the heart. The heart is what down deep in your understanding, in your consciousness. You know that this is beautiful, that is bad, that is good. I, I enjoy it, I like this, I like that. This is no good. This should be a little bit bigger. This should be a different color. So you know everything. Thousands and thousands of things you have in your heart. And uh, your heart is the critic of everything. But he is nobody. You don't see him. Who is? What is this heart? You see everything in it. You look at people say, so I didn't like him. He was uh, sour and he was scowling. I like this person who was laughing, and he was kind and gentle. So, so this heart is the critic, everyday critic of our life. But you don't see it. And uh, Attar, in one of his stories, says it was uh, very wonderful that it showed everything, and it is not to be seen anywhere. It is hidden from the eyes. In the time of Jamshid. All the demons are servants of man, like Solomon. Actually, some people, some critics um, and writers of mythology, they believe that Solomon and Jamshid are the same. There are many things in common between the two. Jamshid could go to the skies through the help of the demons, and uh, Solomon would ride the wind, would ride the air as God has given him the power to ride it. But uh, <clears throat> you know, Rumi says, Soleiman bosh ta sang There are a hundred div, means powers. There are powers in us. When they are under your domination, they are good. The devils are all good. When They are under your domination. When they are captive by man, in the time of Jamshid, the deeds were serving, they were building, they were doing this, they were doing that. They did services, different services to man. So for 300 years, the golden age of Persia, of Persian mythology, uh, starts with Jamshid. You know, in almost all Mythologies of the world, there is a time when it is called the Golden Age. The Golden Age of uh, Greek mythology and Roman mythology is the time when Cronus, who is the god of time, Cronus or Saturn, who was driven to the earth by his son Jupiter, he came down and he was a guest of uh, uh, Janus, the king of Italy. So for 1,000 years, he was the, gift, the, the guest. And for 1,000 years, it was golden age. In the golden age, there is no uh, winter. It's all uh, spring. There is no malady, no disease. They're all healthy. Nobody gets old. Everybody is young. And then there is no death. Actually, in the Golden Age, there is no death. People uh, live as if they are immortal. But uh, from the very beginning of of the story of Jamshid, uh, Shahnameh, or Ferdowsi, has uh, used a literary device, which is in English called foreshadowing. Foreshadowing is to make a suggestion what is going to happen before it happens? You know, for example, in the beginning of the story of um, Rostam and Sohrab, uh, when he starts the story, uh, Ferdows, he says, Yeki da This is a story which you have to weep for it. So from the big, very beginning, you know that it's a tragedy. This is what Shakespeare has done also in the beginning of um, Romo and Juliet. So here in the beginning of the story of Jamshid he says "Manam hamam He said it is I. So he starts with man. This man is one of the symbols of the demon. The demon says I. It is everything comes from I. A person who says more and more I, that is why Emily Dickinson say, I am nobody, who are you? <laughs> if you are nobody like me, then we are two. Don't tell anyone, because they would banish us. Everybody is somebody. That somebody is going to save his own interest and transgress the rights of others and do all the wrongs because he, is, he has self-love and he says, I, I, I. There is a story in Masnavi that once... Uh, God told Moses, the great prophet, go to Eblis, go to the demon, to the, uh, Satan, and learn something from him. He said he, didn't, he couldn't accept it at first because, oh God, I'm a great prophet. How, how should I go to Satan to learn something? He said, okay, go and he has something to, to teach you. He went to um, the devil and asked, well, God has sent me to you. Do you have anything to teach me? He said, yes, don't say I so that you would not become like I. <laughs> don't, you would not become like I. So don't say I. So he says, manam <laughs> guft. He said, I. And in the end of the story, after 300 years, he looked at himself on the throne, the throne of, of gold and jewels, and then he saw all the devils in his service, and everybody is under his domination and land and everything. And then he said, well, you see that I have done everything. I have created all arts. I have given you eternal life. I have given you such comfort. I have Oh, this comes uh, from me. Then you have to call me the creator of the world. Why are you worshipping God? And then in these poems, more than ten times, uh, Ferdowsi uses the word I. It's from me. It's from me. You have to call me the creator of the world. So when he said that, this is the time when decline, man declines. He becomes proud, and then he falls down. And Zahak is actually uh, the fallen Jamshid. He is Jamshid, who has become the demon. When you... As, a, as an iconoclast, you break all the icons, all the buts, idols, all the idols. And then you become yourself a great idol. That is what Sadi says. Saadiya chon but shikasti khud mabash. parasti parasti niis. O oh Sadi! now that you have broken all the idols, don't become an idol yourself because... It is worse to worship oneself than worshiping an idol in the temple. So after Jamshid comes Zahak. And then after him comes Freydun And then after him comes the other one. So Freydun is another king who comes after Zahak and then he with his club and beats on the head of the hawk and uh, kills the hawk, and this is what, this is a symbol actually, Freydun is a symbol of a, a good person, of a man, of a human being, the glory of a human being. Mm. Uh, Sadi says, if people would understand the glory and the greatness and the majesty of being a man, they wouldn't desire anything. For, to sell their human form and uh, get all the all the things of the world, all the kingdom of the world. They wouldn't change. Sa'di said, if you are not riding an, a, a donkey, offer your thanks to God that you are not a donkey. <laughs> it is not necessary that you have all the if the Rolls Royce and uh, the, the Bentley, so that you are a human. You are a human being. You can walk in the world like uh, a person, like uh, Sir Walter Scott, a noble person, a magnanimous person. Uh, look at him, and you you enjoy seeing such a person. And in fact, uh, people who are in love with uh, great people, with with great human light, human dignity, they gradually become one like him. There, are, there is a story that people who are waiting, you know, most people of the world, they are waiting that somebody would come and save them. That's a person, there is a person who is coming, as, who is just, and why not you be the, the person? We can be the person ourselves. A person who is in love. With uh, a perfect man, he becomes gradually a perfect man. And you can appear among the people and say, well, I am the one. Even without saying I, people would show you this is the person uh, who is going to come. So, uh, the story goes on and on. I will just choose because we don't have much time until towards the end of Shahnameh. There is the king and the demons, and then the demons uh, come and make troublemakers like in all other epics. You see, in Beowulf, the epic of England, the great epic, um, of course, it is uh, not in modern English. It has to be translated into modern English, while Ferdowsi is the only epic in the world you can read in the original language. I mean, the people who speak Persian can read it without any change, without any uh, transliteration or anything. Even in the primary schools, children can read simple, clear, and eloquent. It is like Tahdi Jamshid, it's like Perspolis. It is more majestic than Perspolis. There is nothing in the world better than knowledge. If, if a person is ignorant, even if he's alive, he's dead. So, um, <coughs> I choose just another episode from Shah that is the seven uh, trials of Rostam. Seven trials of Rustam, Haft Khan Rostam. Of course, there is Akvane Div. There is another story, very beautiful story of Akvane Div who is uh, uh, trying to entrap uh, Rostam. Who is Rostam first? Rostam is the greatest national uh, champion, paladin of Persia. He is the Hercules of Persia. And he is born... In a caesarean way, he was not normally born from his mother because he couldn't give birth to such a baby, such a baby who would kill. At, and when he was two years or three years old, he can kill an elephant, a big elephant. So how could his mother give birth to such a baby? So that he was, uh, they used the caesarean way. And Iranians believed that we shouldn't call caesarean Caesarian. We should call it Rostamian, <laughs> because he was before Caesar, and there are some, um, there are some indications that Iranians used Iranian tabib, Iranian uh, physicians who were Magis. You know the story of three magi. Very important because they were three Iranians, three great kings from Persia who had the glory of a man, who went, who could understand that a great king like Jesus is going to be born. And then they rushed towards him with, uh, with uh, gifts of gold. Each of them had a symbol, was a, was a symbol of something. Gold is a symbol of the kingdom. Uh, or kingship of Jesus. And frankincense, which is condor in Persian, is uh, the perfume of the higher heavens, the perfume of paradise. Jesus has brought you a perfume that for moments you can go to, the, to, the, to paradise through the perfume. I recommend that you see the film Perfume if you have not seen that. For, for moments you can go to, to, to paradise and lose all your consciousness about hatred and uh, animosity. So, uh, Rostam uh, has something uh, miraculous again, except uh, this uh, way he was born, that his father, Zal, his father, um, was a friend of Seymour Seymour is a legendary bird phoenix of course different from phoenix but almost they have all translated it phoenix it has uh, it's a, a, a chimerical bird uh, which is a symbol of divine help which in uh, moments of emergency appears Seymour so this acuvonni div Akvan Demon is trying to uh, entrap Rostam. Rostam is lying somewhere on a huge piece of stone on a big rock and he was sleeping. He came and got the rock and uh, raised and soared to heaven with Rostam on it and uh, when Rostam woke in the middle, he found himself in the middle of, in in between the sky and heaven uh, and earth, and uh, he saw that he was a captive of the uh, demon. So the demon wanted to do him a favor, superficially of course, he said, well, would you like me to throw you to, to the mountains with ravenous lions? Or would you prefer that I throw you to the sea with uh, sharks and cutting, <laughs> and the waves, and devouring whales? And Rostam knew that whatever you say to, to the demon, he would is do exactly the opposite. So he said, okay, throw me to the mountain. And then he threw him to the, into the sea, and Rostam could... Fight against the animals and come out, and then immediately started going after the demon, and he found the demon. demon The demon had uh, uh, taken the guise of an onager, something like. An, uh, uh, he went among the among the horses, and uh, so that he would hide himself. But Rostam came to the horses and looked at the, the, all of them and said, Well, this is the demon. So there are people who would understand who is the demon. No matter whether he has the human face or the animal face or whatever face. Sadi says there are many, many demons who have the human face. In fact, there was a demon who um, got the face of Solomon. And then he went and sat on the throne of Solomon and deceived people. So, demons can take any form. Uh, So, don't be deceived. If a person, if you see that uh, Rumi says this this cock, which is uh, uh, crewing, yes, Uh, he says that the the cock crews, Uh, this is an angel. Although the form is a cock, in action, look at the action that he is praising God and he's singing for the sake, for, for in glory of God. So this is, don't call it a cock, call it an angel. You call it a, a, a bird and call yourself Anthropos. Calling yourself Anthropos means, means uh, a human being while he is doing the divine job and you are doing nothing, so Rostam could understand that this is this onager, special onager, is different, and he is the the demon, and then he slashed him in two. So I would uh, end my discourse with the seven seven. Uh, trials or labors or courses if you you can call it of rostam uh, very similar to those of uh, similar to those of hercules you know that hercules did those 12 herculean tasks for what for achieving immortality he was in quest of immortality and he could find immortality after he had finished all the 12 uh, tasks. And Rostam also in the seventh Khan, in the seventh trial, finds, achieves immortality and shiks, and Ferdowsi has expressly n- mentioned this. <coughs> the, all the seven, um, I'll reduce it and make it as short as possible. All the seven uh, trials, in all of them, there is a demon. The news comes to Rostam and Zal, his father, that Keikavus, who is another king, who is uh, every now and then in purgatory, in hell, and now he is in hell. They, they inform him that Keikavus, the king of the country, is in the hell of Mazandaran uh, in Dublin. Dungeon deep, in fetters fast in Mazanderan, a captive of the demons. You have to go and save him. So he passes through these seven trials. The first one, in the first one, he kills a lion. Lion is another uh, symbol of the demon, a symbol of the self, of the ego. In the second one, the demon is drowned There is a wasteland. Worse than wasteland of T.S. Uh, uh, Eliot, where there is not a drop of rain, not a cool wind, and nowhere to have a sh- cool shade in such a... This is a demon, demon of drought. In, in ancient Persia, they said, He is a giant. You know, sometimes they call demons a giant. Giant despair, for example, in, in the story of uh, Pilgrim's Progress, this giant despair makes you hopeless. I believe that uh, at the entrance gate of hell, you know what is written according to Dante? It is written, Oh, who come here, who enter, enter here who enter here, lose all hope behind. I believe that this is written by giant despair. He wants to make you hopeless, while hope never leaves humanity. Hope is ever alive in human hearts. So never lose your hope. Even if the devil tries to say, well, there is no, no more hope. Even, even if you go to hell, you can pass through the hell. It is not true. This is one of the lies there are many lies said by the demons. One of the lies is that you are going to die. We are not going to die. We are going to live forever. We are immortal. We have in many um, stories and in many um, uh, words of wisdom in Shaanameh emphasizes that you are going to live forever. We have longing for immortality, so this longing has been put into our hearts by that immortality itself. Otherwise, why should we, we be anxious and yearning for immortality? So this is another lie of the demons. The demons, actually, lie is a demon. The greatest demon in Persian culture is Dru. You have to abstain from telling a lie because this is a demon. So one of the, the lies is that you are going to die and you are going to go into the grave while actually we are in a mobile grave now and we are going to come out of this grave. We are not going to go another to another grave. We are going to come out. One day the death is coming out of the grave. It's not going to the grave, according to Ferdowsi. So, uh, in, this, in the third one, there's a dragon. Dragon is another uh, symbol of Nafs. Rumi says, Nafs, Eshdarhas. This self of you, this ego, is a dragon, Eshdarhas, who came or das. It is not dead. So, he kills the dragon. Uh, of course, there are very beautiful Dialogue and insightful dialogues between Rostam and the and the dragon because the dragon speaks, the lion speaks. They all think because they are demons. They are not. They are not lions. They are not dragons. They look like dragons. They want to show themselves big and bigger and bigger. It had filled the whole uh, wilderness. But while the Rostam looked, then he would hide. There was nowhere to be seen. So he was afraid. One of the good things about the demons is that they are afraid of human beings. If you are really a human being and say, well, look at me. I am a human being. It is very good to be a human being. Because the demon would look and say, well, I cannot." uh, he would roar against me. And I cannot uh, stop. I cannot withstand his power. So, in the fourth one, um, an enchanter, a sorcerer, sorcerers and witches. You know the story in Macbeth, the three witches, the three weird sisters. They are witches, they are demons. Enchanters and sorcerers, they are demons as well. So, one of them appeared like a fair maid. He came to Rostam and then Rostam offered him a cup of wine in the fourth trial. And then Rostam called the name of God according to his habit, that he called the name of God everywhere. So when he heard the name of God, he couldn't stand hearing it. He turned his uh, color and became black, and turned into a demon again, uh, ugly and old. So Rostam slashed him again in two. And then he came to the fifth one. In the fifth trial, there is no demon. What there is a man called Olad. This Olaud is the demon's, is the devil's advocate. He is coming. He is the agent of the devil. So the agent of devil is devil. If you get, you are the ad, the devil's advocate. Then everybody would consider you to be the devil, because you act according to what he ordered. You are the advocates of the devil. So, Olaat has been painted by Iranian uh, painters, miniature painters, as demon, not as a man. Although, Ferdowsi depicts him as a man. But painters have turned him into ugly faces of demons. Then, uh, he is uh, spared his life, Olat. Rostam says, I would spare your life if you show me the place of Arjang Div and the and the prison. Prison of Kekover, the Kekovus, the king, is prisoner there. And then Olat first tries to um, make Rostam a little bit afraid of the kings and said, you know who is Arjang Deep. He is such a great, great demon, and they have thousands of elephants. They would come, attack at you, and do so and so. They, they tried to intimidate Rostam, but Rostam said, <coughs> <coughs> Rostam Laughed at his, what he said. <coughs> Come with me and then you will see what I'm going to do with that Arjaim Div and with all his elephants. He came to the garden of Arjangdiv and then he roared, such a tremendous roar, and that's uh, according to Ferdowsi, the, the sea and the mountain split in two. And then Arjan suddenly woke up and said, what was this This sound? And they said, somebody has come here. And then he came to visit, to come to uh, Rostam and to uh, clash with him. But Rostam got him as he was riding on his horse and got him by the head and plucked his head just in front of all the... and <coughs> threw it to the demons. And the demons all... Uh, escaped away so and then he came he saved the prisoners and then what they were blind so he came to the um, to the cave of the white demon white demon is the demon who claims to be adam claims to be a human being he has ch- he he has a white face plausible face Sometimes, some crimes are justifiable. When they want to do it, they somehow justify themselves. Well, I'm doing this for that, I'm doing that for that, so it is not bad. So, uh, this is Mr. Plausible in, in uh, Pilgrim's Progress. Mr. Plausible. <coughs> uh, so, Rosam enters the dark cave and sees that the demon is sleeping. And is a snorting. So he didn't kill kill the demon because it is against magnanimity and against nobility to kill any being when it is asleep. You have to be courageous and uh, come to clash when it is fully awake. But there is another important thing that because this is a demon and uh, if you kill the demon when... It is asleep and helpless, then what will you do with the demon who is alive and who is awake next time? So you have to once for all you have to defeat a demon when he is awake and in full fledged power. Otherwise you have not done anything. The next time you will they would defeat you. So Rostam stops. We are not terrorists and we don't even kill the demons in, <laughs> in, in asleep. Um, we are courageous and we come to clash in full uh, nobility. So he He roared like a leopard and then and the demon rose, woke up, woke up, and got a big uh, stone and like black clothes, although his face was only white, the other part was black. So like a black cloud or black smoke, Benazdiki, Rostam, daro like a black smoke appeared to Rostam. And then Rostam Without Changu bardo, Shashnar Rishir Rostam reached his uh, shoulders and r- rose him up, and then throw him down and cut his chest, his heart in two with his dagger, and bring out, brought out the hearts in order to uh, put some drop of the uh, of the demons. Uh, blood into the eyes of, uh, of the king and his comp- company to save them and make them uh, give them back their sight. So this is in the last, in the, in the end of this story, there is one important thing which uh, the champion is in danger still. The champion is in danger of Jamshi. He has killed such a great demon. And then he would look at himself and say, well, I am Rostam, nobody can do that. And pride is another demon who would come and attack him like Jamshid. But Rostam was not deceived by this pride, by this uh, uh, Jamshid uh, demon. But he he put his head on the ground, and he started uh, speaking to his Lord, oh my God, I am nobody. This is when he said I am nobody. Uh, If I am all my might and my understanding and my life is coming from you, I am nobody without you. So all the privilege goes to you. You helped me to do that. So, To the end of Shahnameh, you see that the succession, like succession of day and night, day and night, day and night. Like succession of day and night, you see the succession of demon and man, demon and man, until the end of the story. So I wish to recite a poem by Anvari in praise of Ferdowsi. Ferdowsi has kindled three candles, actually, three lamps. One is the light of wisdom. He has offered you the light of wisdom and reason so that you could see the demons and not be deceived by them. And he has revived uh, the Iranian culture, Iranian traditions, Iranian philosophy, which is very important the philosophy which is based on three words the religion which is based on three words good deed good thought and good uh, words you have to speak good you have to think good you have to do the deed which is good this is uh, the slogan of iranians ancient iranians and uh, the unity of being, that there is only one God, the perennial philosophy is in Shahnameh. The perennial philosophy is this, um, actually in all great epics, that um, there is a God, there is a designer in the world. And then there is a, there is a man who is divine and is the, actually uh, the advocate of God on the earth. And uh, then there is uh, immortality of soul, and then there is the law of compensation theory that if A, then B. If you do this, you cannot trample up the consequences. If you do the deed, then you have to wait for the consequences. You can easily shirk your duties, but you can never shirk the consequences of shirking your duty. So. Rost- uh, Ferdowsi has given us Iranians so much. Particularly, he has revived Persian language, saved actually Persian language from being extinguished by the Arab invasion, uh, which Rostam, uh, sorry, Ferdowsi calls the army of ignorance, because that was not the army of Islam; it was the army of the Arabs. So he calls it the Army of Ignorance attacked Iran at the, the Arab invasion. So he has given us the light of wisdom. Um, he has offered us our heritage, our past her- heritage and cultures and the festivals, very good festivals we have had, including no rules and very good rituals, which all meaningful and very beautiful. And then the... Persian language, he has saved the Persian language so that we still speak the language of Ferdowsi, we still kept, our grammar is the grammar of Ferdowsi, our language is the language of Ferdowsi. So well done, blessed be the soul of Ferdowsi, the auspicious bird of Persia. He was not only a teacher and we, his students. He was a God, a Lord, and we are his servants. You see, Anne-Marie himself is a great poet. But he says he was not our master, our teacher, and we are our, his students. He is our God, and we are his servants. So I wish to offer my blessing and peace to the soul of the late Dr. Kathleen Rain, who was the founder of Temenos Academy, an Academy of Light and Delight. God bless her. Thank you.
0: Thank Dr. Gomshay for this very inspiring lecture, and particularly this. You can see the vastness of his, compar- his, his understanding of comparative literature. There are many, uh, or a few, Iranians that can discourse on the Shahnameh, but there are no Iranians that can compare the Shahnameh to Beowulf and the Divine Comedy and uh, Milton and Shakespeare. So this is extraordinary, both in the English language and in the Persian language.